0: Hi-ho, everybody! It is I, President Kermit the Frog, here to celebrate the anniversary of World Peace, made possible by our very special guest, Mr. Mark Allison! Yay! Mr. President, United Citizens of the World, I just wanted to take a moment to thank each and every one of you. World Peace is a a dream achieved not through my actions, but through all of ours. This is a world that I am proud to live in. And now, as celebration, which has become tradition, we enter into the Celebrity Bikini Contest. Our three finalists this year won scarlett johansson hey fellas Two, miss sandra bullock great and finally harley quinn Wee! 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 our judges for the contest this year include myself cornelius all the way from the planet of the apes and of course as always the esteemed dr bear <laughs> We appreciate you being here too, Dr. Bear. So we're going to get to know our contestants a little, starting with Harley Quinn. Harley, what have you been up to? I
1: was the clown girl holding the gun on ya! You so uncomfortable?
0: Yeah, I have to admit that does make me a little uncomfortable.
1: Oh, don't worry, I'm over the crime thing. I just want to live a normal life without some cop always pouncing on me. (laughs) Hmm, unattached, I see.
0: Well, no, technically I'm not married, but I am. Public displays of affection make people
1: very uncomfortable. Uh-oh, and to the jealous girlfriend.
0: Kiss me. Sandra, you want to help me out here a bit?
1: Um, I was wondering if you would like to have sex. Well, I... Don't you want to rev up your Harley? Vroom, vroom!
0: Ladies, we're supposed to be judging a bikini contest here. Bye-bye bikinis. Great! Yay, yay, yay! <laughs> okay, I'm quickly losing control of this situation here. Do you I'm want to if you ever had control, control over the end, end situation, what was that? Your world, Your world is my mind, mind control. control. Your, Your mind, my mind, my torment. torment. Your companions, Your companions are my mind, mind to kill. To kill. Oh, Dr. Baird!
1: No! something you really want to say about. And it's not nice. And me, I'm God.
0: It killed Dr. Bear! What is that monster?
1: Oh, disgusting! You are a savage creature.
0: Damn sure is, but what the hell is it?
1: He is the devil's pawn. He kills for sport, or lust, or greed. He will make a desert of his home and yours.
0: Great. Well, what am I supposed to do with that?
1: Shun him. Drive him back into his lair for he is the
0: harbinger of death. Look at that thing. How can I defeat that? You cannot defeat defeat me. I I have already won. won. I have have controlled your every action your Your entire entire life. life. What the hell are you talking about? I am the truth. You You refuse refuse to speak. The 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 truth. truth. That you are pathetic, are pathetic. you You're are weak, you are fat and ugly, and, and no, no one will ever, ever love you. That's not true. That's not true. My, my friends love me, my family love me, my girlfriend loves me. No, your, your friends, friends tolerate, tolerate you. you. Your family's family's obligated obligated to you. And And your girlfriend girlfriend will see see exactly exactly how unattractive you are. I bet she's she's found someone new already. You shut the hell up, you have no idea what you're talking about. Don't I? Isn't isn't it the the voice voice that's that's been in your head? All along, isn't it better than me showing you the truth? Shut up! Just shut up! The truth hurts, doesn't it? Like pins and needles sticking out all over your flesh. Much like they're doing
1: right now. Ugh!
0: Ah! Master, it's time to get up now. Drudge! I can't! The pins! The needles! The pain! Does not exist, Master. None of this does. What are you talking about? You are being tormented by a dream, and Master. There are no pins and needles. There is no pain, because this place does not really exist. You are in a dreamscape. A dreamscape? That's correct, master. Here, allow me to show you a reminder. Mug no shots. shots. Turn to the right! Alex Gardner has a unique talent, and even he doesn't know what it can do. No
1: one has ever done it before. No one has even conceived of doing it before. Going into another person's dream. If you might have to see that, you'll leave it. He is about to enter a world that no one has ever seen before. The world of your dreams. <sighs> I was under the impression we were conducting scientific research here. You sound as if you don't approve. I can see you're going to be a real challenge to work with. Oh, wait a minute, doctor. I haven't agreed to anything yet. There's so many of my dreams. Who? An awful, ugly monster. This kid is being eaten alive and nobody gives a damn. Whatever his demon is, you have to help him face it. There's
0: nobody there. Are you sure,
1: Alex? He's always... But Alex will make a discovery more frightening than any dream. What's going on? I had to let you know you're in danger. You want my secrets. I just want some advice. I'm afraid he has to be killed. <laughs> I'll assign some men to you. But I think I should deal with this on my own. And now, his only way out is to go back in to the dreamscape. It's a dream, Alex. You can do anything you want in here. Dennis Quaid. Kate Capshaw. Dreamscape. When you close your eyes, the adventure begins. Dreamscape,
0: 1984. A young psychic on the run is recruited by a government agency experimenting with the use of dream-sharing technology and is given the inverse task of planting an idea into the mind of the U.S. president. When a subject dies in his sleep from a heart attack, Alex Gardner becomes suspicious that another psychic is killing people in their dreams. Somehow that is causing them to die in real life. He must find a way to stop the abuse of power to enter one's dreams. Starring Dennis Quaid, Max Von Sydow, Christopher Plummer, Kate Capshaw, David Patrick Kelly, and George Wendt. Bullet Points. <laughs> Our story begins one night when the President of the United States kills his wife and the entire world in a nuclear blast. This, however, is a dream. A dream the President wakes up screaming from. We then cut to a school where a film is being played of a young psychic named Alex Gardner, played by Dennis Quaid, who is showing off his talents. The film is being shown by Dr. Paul Novotny, Played by Max von Sydow, and is being shown to a scientist named Jane Deviers and a senator named Bob Blair. They agree that Alex would be perfect for their research, but are not certain they can find him. Blair says that if he's alive, he will find him. Alex has been putting his talents to good use at the horse track, consistently picking winners. He does, however, catch the notice of several goons at the track who want to use his power to make them rich. He gives the goons a slip and runs away with the money. The next day, Alex is approached by two people from Thornhill College that say they have an opportunity for him. Alex wasn't interested until he saw the two goons from the racetrack coming up the street towards his apartment. Then he gets in the car with the people from Thornhill. Once past the goons, Alex tells the people in the car to let him out, but they say they have strict instructions not to let him go. Lock him in the car and continue on. At the college, Alex meets Jane, and she tells him that they are working on dream research and wants his help. While at the facility, Alex runs into Novotny, The two decide to go out for drinks and catch up on old times. At the bar, Novotny explains to Alex that their research can take a psychic and place him into the dreams of another person, so he can actively take part in that person's dream. He explains that he wants Alex to be part of this research. While discussing this, a large man in the corner of the bar is watching them. Alex stays at a dorm room in the school. That night, he senses something going on in the lower levels. He goes down the stairs and sees a session in progress, where a child is having a nightmare and a psychic is in his dreams. They are forced to wake the child and the psychic. When they ask him what the kid is dreaming about, he is too frightened to speak. <laughs> the next morning, Navani tries to get Alex to join the program. Alex says he is interested, But after what he saw last night, he's not sure if he could go through with it. This is when Novotny tells him that he's having the IRS look into the past five years of Alex's gambling debts. He says he can make this go away if Alex joins him. Alex said he would never join the program under these circumstances. Alex joins the program under these circumstances. (laughs) In the morning, Alex meets Tommy Ray, the other psychic on the project. Tommy Ray, a bit of a jerk, tells Alex that he has free reign on the project because he's the only one who can enter into dreams. Alex reminds him of the other psychic involved in the project, and Tommy Ray lets Alex know that he was taken away in a catatonic state. Alex goes in for his first dreamscape session. He's going into the dreams of a steelworker. His job is to just observe the steelworker's dreams. Alex enters into the dream and sees a steelworker on top of a building performing his job. He's nearly knocked off of the building by a beam on a crane. Alex runs over and tries to pull the man to safety, but falls off of the building himself. He's woken before he hits the ground. Alex has an impromptu meeting with Bob Blair, who explains that this is actually a government project. Blair explains he'd be a lot more comfortable with Alex if he plays by the rules. (laughs) Alex also meets Buddy, the little boy who's having the nightmares. The boy says that there's a monster in his dreams, and it's really disturbing him. Alex takes a special interest in Buddy's case. Blair meets with the President, due to his reoccurring nightmares of nuclear war. The President states because of his dreams, he wants to make a disarmament deal with Russia. This is something Blair is opposed to. He proposes the people at the Dreamscape Project would be able to assist him. Alex has his next dreamscape session, this time helping a man who has been having trouble in the bedroom with his wife due to having dreams he cannot remember that are causing him to sleepwalk. Alex goes into the man's dream. They both sneak into the man's house, up into the bedroom, where they find his wife sleeping with his brother and all of his friends and a priest and their gardener in front of the children. After helping the repressed man, Alex makes the request, go into Buddy's nightmares and try to help him. Against Devotny's best judgment, he agrees to let Alex do it. He tells Alex, whatever this kid's nightmare is, he's going to have to help him face it. Alex goes into Buddy's dream. Buddy is in a house which has very German expressionist sharp angles to it. There is a storm going on outside. Buddy asks if Alex is the babysitter and will protect him from the snake man. Alex tries to tell him there is no snake man when the snake man jumps through the window and goes after them. Buddy and Alex run away from the snake man down a very long flight of stairs into the basement but they are chased down there by the snake man. Alex wrestles with the snake man and is severely cut up by him. He tells Buddy that he is the only one who can kill the monster. Buddy grabs an axe and cuts off the monster's head. They wake up realizing that the nightmares are gone. Tommy Ray finds Alex in the cafeteria drawing pictures of the Snake Man. Alex said it was something from a kid's nightmare that really got to him. Tommy Ray shows his jealousy of Alex's success. Alex goes to a local bar and meets the large man that was eavesdropping on the conversation between him and Novotny. The man is Charlie Prince, a horror fiction writer who is in the area to do research on his new book. His book has the same premise as the Dreamscape Project. Charlie tries to warn Alex that Bob Blair is a high-ranking official in covert affairs. While trying to relay this, Charlie is scared off by some shadowy figures watching him from the corner. Alex goes to Jane's office with the hopes of flirting with her some more, and finds Jane asleep on her couch. Alex sits down in a chair across from her, and then enters into her dream. He finds Jane riding a train, and then writing an Alex. (laughs) When she wakes up and finds Alex in her office, she's very upset with him, until he points out that he was able to enter her dream without the use of machines. (laughs) Blair meets with Novotny and tells him that he wants to bring the president to the facility to have them undergo the dream treatment, in order to cure him of his nightmares. Tommy Ray is in a session with an elderly woman. When the woman starts having heart palpitations, the woman has a heart attack and dies. Tommy Ray watches her die with no expression on his face. Alex confronts Tommy Ray in the cafeteria, who says he's really shook up about the old woman's death. But despite his words, he shows absolutely no sympathy towards her. Arrangements are being made for the president to stay at the school for the dreamscape treatment. Blair tells Novotny that he wants him staying in the North Wing. Novotny tells him that it's safer and more practical for him to stay where they're arranging for him. But Blair insists that the president stays elsewhere. Blair meets with Tommy Ray and tells him he has big plans for him. Alex breaks into Novotny's office and steals Tommy Ray's file. He finds out that Tommy Ray had murdered his father. The file includes a picture of Tommy Ray's father at the time of his death. Alex meets with Charlie, and Charlie tries to tell Alex that Blair is using the project in order to create assassins. While trying to tell him this information, some of Blair's goons show up. At the same time a pep rally lets out, Alex and Charlie try to sneak away by blending into the crowd. The goons, however, catch up to them, capturing Alex and killing Charlie. The goons put Alex in a car with Blair. While driving, Blair admits that he had Tommy Ray kill the woman in the dream session to see if it could be done, thus proving the theory that if you die in a dream, you die for real. Blair tells Alex that either he works for him, or that Alex is going to die. Alex jumps out of the car, deals a passing motorcycle, and escapes. Alex calls Jane to warn her, and Jane informs Alex that the president has come to the school. Fearing the worst, Alex makes arrangements with Jane in order to sneak back into the school. Novotny realizes that Blair plans to harm the president and confronts him about it. He says he won't let Blair get away with it. While trying to leave, Novotny is cornered by Blair's goons. Alex and Jane capture one of Blair's goons and question him. They find out that the President is in the room next to Tommy Ray. Once the President falls asleep, Tommy Ray will enter the dream and try to kill him. They also find out that the guards have killed Novotny. Alex enters into the room directly under that of the President's. When the President falls asleep, both Tommy Ray and Alex enter his dream. In the dream, the President is riding a train through an apocalyptic nightmare. Alex shows up and tries to warn the President that Tommy Ray is in the dream to kill him, and was sent by Bob Blair. He tries to get the President to wake up, however they have given him a sedative. They now have to ride out the dream, however long it lasts. Tommy Ray shows up and threatens the president. The president dreams up a guard to come and stop Tommy Ray. Tommy Ray looks at the guard and says, Abracadabra, and his fingernails grow into knives, and he cuts the man's heart out. Alex tries to attack Tommy Ray, but Tommy Ray speeds up the train until it goes into a tunnel. When the lights come back on, the train is filled with mutants from the nuclear blast. Amongst them is Tommy Ray. He tells the others that the President is the one who made them that way, and they all go to attack the President. Alex rushes the President into the next car. Tommy Ray is waiting for them in the next car, dressed in karate gear, spinning nunchucks. He says he saw Enter the Dragon six times. Alex and Tommy Ray fight, and Alex starts choking Tommy Ray, until Tommy Ray says he knows something that Alex is afraid of, and turns into the Snake Man. Alex and the President run away. Tommy Ray, as the Snake Man, chases down Alex and the President until they are trapped. Alex grabs a torch and a pipe and tries to fight off Tommy Ray, but is bitten and thrown away. The president pulls out a pike and tries to fend off Tommy Ray. At this point Alex takes control of the dream, heals himself, and turns himself into the image of Tommy Ray's father. While distracted, the President shoves the pike threw Tommy Ray's back out of his chest, killing him. After Tommy Ray dies, Blair goes to the President's room to check on him, and is surprised to find out he's alive. President says he knows what Blair did, and he won't get away with it. The president finds Alex and Jane and thanks them for their help. The president says he'll assign some men to Alex for protection, Alex says he would rather take care of this on his own. Blair is walking through his office building and presses the button for the elevator. When the elevator doors open, Alex is standing there. Blair asks how did he get in here, and Alex says it was easy. He then turns into the snake man and kills Blair. Blair's wife wakes up next to Blair and he is dead. After Blair is taken care of, Alex and Jane decide to take a trip on a train, making her dream a reality. (laughs) Super Super Villain Beatdown (laughs) I'm not sure how being a psychic makes Alex able to bet on horses. It's not like he can see the future, or he wouldn't have wound up in so much trouble. Did he read the horse's mind? Do the horses have predetermined outcomes? Are horses cheaters?
1: You guys like Bruce Lee movies? I saw Enter the
0: Dragon six times. Man, you come right out of a comic book. (laughs) The music in the movie leaves a little to be desired. Let's watch the passionate dream sequence again with a different theme. Dreamscape? interspace. If you need somebody up inside you, Dennis Quaid is your man. Come on, Arnold. Dreamscape 2. I can see you in the lead role.
1: My name is not Quaid.
0: And now a special behind-the-scenes look of Dreamscape. Here we see Dennis Quaid studying with a real psychic. What do you want, Mr. Quaid? What's going on? Open your mind. Please, open your mind, open your mind, open your mind. I think I should deal with this on my own.
1: There he is, Alex Gardner, when he was 19 years old. I worked with him for a year and a half. He was an authentic genius, this boy. Exceptionally gifted. Telekinesis was only one of his talents.
0: I remember reading about him. Caused quite a controversy at the time. Then in the middle
1: of it, he disappeared. Yeah, he ran out on us. After months of intensive parapsychological testing. Didn't like being poked and prodded. Fall on your soul. Show us this loyalty. Throw yourself onto your soul.
0: You know, when Charlie died, all I could think was... No! I'm afraid if we don't find a new psychic for this project, we're sunk. We're not sinking! We're sinking! Ladies and gentlemen, the esteemed Dr. Paul Novotny. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. You just remind me of somebody. Sorry. Rogue's Gallery.
1: I'm going to invite you to a show. But first, allow me to destroy your gallery.
0: When you need a creepy villain for a movie, there is no better choice than David Patrick Kelly. And there may be no finer example of that than his portrayal of Tommy Ray Glotman a self-entitled creep with no sense of remorse who's made all the more dangerous with the ability to enter a person's mind and attack them in their dream. Use caution when staring into the portrait of Tommy Ray Glotman in The Rogues Gallery. You shall suffer in torment. You shall die in agony. You... You, you really don't know anything about me, do you? What What is this? This is me realizing that I'm in a dream, and this is you not realizing that I am very capable of lucid dreaming. Your
1: flesh will burn,
0: your skin will- No. What did you say?
1: He said...
0: No. You heard the ape. I said no. You see, you claim to be that voice in my head that gnaws at me and tells me I'm not good enough. But if you were really inside my head, you would realize two things. One, that voice, though it gets to me sometimes, drives me forward. It makes me stronger because I prove it wrong every day. Every day I get out of bed when I feel like I want nothing more than to stay asleep. Every day I work 12 hours non-stop just to take care of the people I love. Every day I deal with pain and stress and heartache. I keep going. If you knew anything about me, you'd know how strong I really am. I don't let anyone tell me I can't do it, especially myself. And the other thing you would realize is you're not powerful in this world. I am. I've defeated dream demons before. And I will again, because in here, I am king. I am imagination. You are weak, and pathetic, and- Shut up. (coughs) You see, you don't talk unless I want you to talk, because in here, I control everything. You don't stand unless I tell you to stand, don't speak unless I tell you to speak, In fact, unless I tell you to, you don't exist. (laughs) Good work, Master. You have defeated the Dreamin. Yeah, thanks for cloning me in, Drudge. That really helped. But how come you knew I was in a dream before I knew I was in a dream? I'm actually here in the lab, Master. Earlier this evening, we did a security sweep and found we were infiltrated by a Dreamin. Dreamins, of course, seek out those with the most fertile imagination, which, of course, led us to you. Once we realized this, the technicians implanted me into your dream to act as an anchor for you. good work! We can awake you now, Master, and make sure there's no signs of the dreaming left. No, No, that's okay. I know he's gone. Are you sure you don't want to be thorough, Master? We can- No. Now that I know where I'm at, there's some place I want to be. Where are we, Master? This is my sanctuary. It's a nice cool day, got the house up on the cliff overlooking the beach. Can you see that down there on the beach? Why yes, looks like a very attractive blonde woman, a couple of children. Yep, that's my girl, and my boys, and it looks like the picnic's just about ready. I can signal for the doctors to extract me, if you're sure you're okay, master. Oh yeah, Drudge, everything's perfect. As the man once said, you either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. When life gives you the tools to be the bad guy, it's important to try to be good. Make someone smile, make someone laugh, share your favorite movie with them. And if you need some shelter from the villains of your life, then make sure to join me back here in The Secret Lair. This is Mark, the Eclectic Dyslexic, signing off.